Hey everybody, welcome to our season two wrap up for Of Kith and Pen. Woo 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 woo! We are all back together to chat about the season in its entirety and, you know, just to hang out with each other again because it's been like a month, a month and a half since you guys recorded uh, the finale episode. How y'all feeling? How y'all doing? I miss, I miss you guys. I miss these faces. <laughs> I miss you guys so much. My life is less fun now. So bad, Kenzie. I think the general consensus is sad. Sad gaze. Sad gaze. Quality of life has just gone down. And we couldn't mutiny, unfortunately. And just continue continue recording regardless. We did try. Well, uh, we're all, except for me, because I'm a party pooper are dressed in uh, the fashion of um, our, our, you know, roughly our characters. We got I went for pretty cosplayer, yeah. I would say. I'm wearing like a cloak, kind yeah. of. Ooh. Here we go. Actually, what was the what was the decision to be a giraffe? Oh, well, the, the inspiration behind being a giraffe is I already owned this one. <laughs> okay, perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, incredible. It was really good. well thought out. Yeah. Uh, live didn't you ask to be a subway rat yeah I did. season I did, four <laughs> if, if we ever bring this back i am going to be a subway rat and it's just going to be my whole personality for whatever like one offers what what have you no return, it's going to be a whole season a of just a subway rat and it's just me just running around <laughs> New York in a onesie. Like, let's go. You can Roll just do that now. I mean, you could just could. do that now. Also, there is that person who already does that. How do you know that's not me? Because I, I think... Harper's like ass. They're a tall bitch. They're a tall bitch. And I know you're... Sh- well, you're I'm not six. I'm not tallest. short. Yeah. You're the second like, tallest. Everyone tall else you? is tiny. I'm sorry, can everyone look at Janine sipping that with <laughs> I didn't realize I had paws it's important. too. It's great. Haku raises a paw. Uh-huh. Dude, you can do it now! <laughs> um, okay, well, big question to start out here. What were everyone's overall impressions of the season as a whole once you completed it that's a big question it is if you guys we're gonna start out big we're gonna start out big so i think the overall impression when it was done it was like i can't believe it reached kind of such a big scale of of epicness and and like in some cases destiny for 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 haku and the kind of like world spanning consequences of everything we did when we were just like a few few little kids a few little guys but like wow this this little messes did a lot of stuff and it was kind of like i didn't expect it to to go that big yeah for me i feel like i've been pretty open about this like I didn't go in with all too many expectations, like, because I don't know, I just kind of feel like I didn't want to have too much planned out, and I wanted to craft the story together, so where we ended up, I think was exactly where it was supposed to end up, and 
way better than if I had like planned out better, you know, if, if I, I feel like if I came in with like heavier reins and a more linear story kind of already like put together, it, I don't think it just would have, I don't think it would have been nearly as good uh, in my opinion. I also think like, depending on the game you're playing, sometimes it lends easier to kind of more going with the flow and building the story together. And Wander Home, I think, is kind of a perfect venue for that. I'm with you, Octa, where it's, I didn't expect the story to get so, like, grand. When I went into this, I very much thought we were just going to be silly little guys, trolloping through this big, big world, having a blast. I mean, Which is true. <laughs> that is, like, true. But it, it all culminated into something that was much bigger than ourselves. And we went, we were now a little, little, little guys who had to deal with this big, big thing that we weren't necessarily equipped to deal with, but we had to anyway, for the sake of kithdom as a whole. We all went through a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a truer statement has never been said. I don't know if you can see me like tearing up over here. Like I've just got very sparkly eyes. Like my overall impression is like it, I think we captured like wander home in a really fun way that just like, I feel like you are all like really close friends of mine now. And like the journey of playing these characters helps that a lot of just like how much we supported each other and cared about each other. And like, the adventure was this massive big thing, but I think like being able to show up for each other when the big scary things were happening just did a lot for my heart. I'm like crying. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking no, now because I'm crying. <laughs> well, Aww. as you recover, we'll we'll have Janine speak. Yeah, this was actually really fun and wholesome, and it was nice to like do something that like still pulled the heartstrings, but like didn't hurt me emotionally. Well, it did hurt me emotionally, but, like, when you play, like, other two tier RPGs, I feel like a lot of it is, like, bloods, gore, all of that fun jazz, and, like, Wander Home. I came in knowing that I'd be, like, crying in happiness, but also came crying with, like, the kith along the way, and, like, also just love how we were able to continue the themes that we started with, like, the letters, and, like, a lot of us started with, like, something in episode one that like stressed our characters out and then at the end those were resolved which was really cool honestly when haku became the star keeper i was not expecting that i was just sitting here being like he's a little guy and he's gonna probably find his the guy that he's looking for and that's what i'm here for and like seeing like Neyu be able to like have a partner or like have a partner in life again and just like have that something was broken and come back again this is a weird one Alma believing in humans uh I know that's a weird thing to say but that like that's a really interesting because we never talked about humans in the like post-apocalyptic world and like little Fletcher like having a little 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 two, two paws <laughs> has two paws which is really interesting after watching that like listening and like experiencing episode one and just the breakup so i think it was it was a really fun seeing that like full circle ness and, and doing the 
journey with all of you. Well, I do think way, way back in the beginning, Harper did warn everybody that she had never played Wander Home where people didn't cry. So yeah. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> mm-hmm. the warning was there. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. I know that this was a question that I had asked you in like one of the first after shows we did, but since this wrap up is going to be for the public, I would like to ask it again. And I would like you guys to talk about why you picked or mashed together the playbooks that you you did. Which, you know, the answer by now maybe have shifted after playing a whole season of it. I want it to be spooky. And then and then Fletcher existed and it just wasn't spooky anymore. Um, but I do like uh I like playing a helpful character who isn't necessarily like strong. Um, like in D&D, I play a monk a lot because I like being the fast person, which is sometimes more helpful in terms of like aiding and things like that. So like as Fletcher, I think like being able to be someone who's like, oh, I have a potion for that. Um, just seemed like a very helpful playbook to have in our, in our little team. But the original thought was, I'm going to be spooky. And then it just didn't happen. And then you open your mouth and Fletcher's voice came out and you were like, oh, okay. So we're not, we're not spooky. Exactly. I'm doing spooky instead of spooky. Sticky? Is that what you meant? Sticky? Haku is a little bit of a loaded question because I ended up starting with two, mixing two, and then ending up adding another playbook to my character at the end. But the last one helped i'll explain after um but i really wanted this there is the stargazer and the seeker that both had like elements that i really really liked and i thought it'd be fun to combine like finding myths in the stars so i combined those two books together and then haku started collecting gods like pokemon and the um Oh my gosh, what is it? The men- Not the mentor. I forgot which book I stole from. The caretaker? The caretaker, which I played in our auditions. I really liked the element of having little gods or shrines all over the place on you. And I thought it worked really well with how Haku just kept seeing stars and like wanting to like made star charts, put so much intention in the star charts and like gods popping out of the pages, which worked really well. And I was like... I gotta do it. That's so cute. Imagine the little guy with little stars all over. So that's that's what ended up happening at the end. And yeah, I like it. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I kind of went into this game with the idea that... Well, number one, the Gravedigger is like a very taut core thing to do. It's like very typical it's a very classic choice of course it's the one that's about death and ghosts that's like classic but i've also always really enjoyed that um you know different cultures in our world have different you know practices and beliefs around death and how people deal with death and in a world like Wander Home, where death still happens, I was very curious as to how the kith would feel about death and how that would impact their kind of day-to-day and what someone's life would be like to have to 
interact with that sort of thing regularly. Um, and the kind of incorporation of the afterlife and spirits, I think, really lended itself well to where the story ended up going um, and kind of Alma's role in the story and being able to connect with, um, you know, the spirit of this human that was, you know, actually being trapped and manipulated by the big bad evil guy. Um, Toad, I should say. Big Red Evil Toad. Um, so, going into it, I didn't really have any any plans beyond that. I was just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> this is me. Wow. It's a valid way great. to pick a playbook. <laughs> it wasn't one of the original playbooks. It was one that I think was in one of the supplementals. Um, which, you know, just goes to show. If you, you know... If there's not something that you necessarily want in the TTRPG, you can always find a supplemental that might, you know, spice things up for you a little bit in any game. So I I also ended up mixing and matching between a few playbooks, some of them, again, supplementals. And the, the idea behind what I wanted to do is I wanted to do something that is very based and grounded around creating and reflecting stories and kind of like compiling little stories um, based on what happens around me. Um, almost thinking of Neo as someone that keeps people together and someone that wants to, to make connections more specific to kind of like show people in distant places that they can be very similar. And I was like, I'm going to make little pieces that will do that I want to move things from one place into the other place and that that kind of ended up materializing a lot with the last piece that that nailed it so I'm pretty excited about how that ended yeah the the basics of the playbook is I wanted something that was very about connections between kids Harper was there I know you didn't get a playbook but was there a um specific kith uh that you got to play throughout the season that you resonated with a lot or did it kind of shift as the story went along um i feel like calyx was probably one like (laughs) they weren't like really in my plans for like longer term but it just seemed like they really got along with the group and eventually i saw a lot of like my own journey um, through Calyx and kind of how they progressed and um, yeah, so I, I just really vibed with Calyx honestly and almost got a rabbit um, instead. Oh. Yeah, so but I don't know why I want the Mothman. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe similar to Mishy, I just like be a little creepy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm here with my adorable <laughs> flying squirrel. I'm spooked. I'm so spooked. Look at those little eyes. Those little beady eyes. Well, I guess next question here is also for everybody. And I know um, for you too, Harper, I know you said that, you know, you didn't necessarily have a a linear, like, step-by-step plan or story. But I was wondering if there was anything that happened um, that was, like, very surprising for... Uh, where you thought the story was going. And I know we already talked about, like, it was bigger than everybody expected it to be. 
but was there like a specific moment that just kind of stood out as like a, a shocker? So the original plan of the um, preservation and Professor Peppers was not supposed to be that they were evil. But it was just like y'all latched onto that like f- right from the beginning, like Professor Peppers is evil, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess Professor <laughs> Peppers is evil. Um, and it, I mean, it worked out, but it it was not my intention to have Professor Peppers to be evil. Um, but sometimes things just happen that make sense, and it's, we love it. Um, I mean, if that hadn't have happened, we would have never gotten like one of my uh favorite lines which was from alma um uh which i have it right here yeah professor i really wish i could say i learned from the best but clearly i'm self-taught that's one of my favorite lines i can't believe i i can't believe it came out of my brain (laughs) i I was literally thinking about that sitting here right now yeah (laughs) yeah that was a moment That was wild. That was very, very wild. That was like a top 10 improv moment of the, you know, spilling the water on the parchment and just getting called a bitch by my professor. That was the most shocking moment for me. And then also, I really liked the character progression, like, and how characters developed and... Like, when we met every character, like, I didn't think Tati was going to be playing um, a character that would be kind of like the rock of the whole group and kind of keep everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting Alma to be that. I wasn't expecting Neo to be, like, the sort of, like, unending fountain of wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, all these, like, great things came out of these characters, like, just the the wholesomeness of of Haku and his willingness to kind of like just put himself out there in places that wouldn't normally put himself, and I, I also I like with um I'm forgetting names now Fletcher kind of being also this like problem solver by the end of it too like. And source for like, what are we gonna do? You know, I, and was, the hot boy yeah. of the season, and the hot boy of the season, and yeah. the hot boy of the season. <laughs> Who knew the sticky, stinky crybaby would be the heartthrob? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I saw that character played by you. Yeah, true. Probably, yes. Fast. That's the common denominator. <laughs> this is true. The other like small games we've played for some reason, I'm stuck with the romance. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. <laughs> well, what about the rest of you guys? Anything that sticks out as like a surprise that you weren't expecting? I was so deeply shocked and like heartbroken when we finally met Foster. Um, and when we realized that he wasn't under some memory spell, I think like. Like, I think I had trouble sleeping that night. I was so disturbed and distraught by it. I was like, that's so painful, so heartbreaking. I thought we would find this beloved friend along our journey, and instead this friend is, like, involved in everything that we're against. And it was so terrifying and sad. And I think, like, unveiling why it all happened, it was just 
one of the bigger things that like not came out of nowhere for me but like i wasn't expecting it at all and when like everything was falling into place i was like oh my god it makes so much sense this hurts so much <laughs> i'm gonna piggyback off of that one because that was also the first like place we didn't fix and i think that's where it hit it for me me because we just ran and i was like wander home we're supposed to fix things our journey was to fix things and we didn't and we ran we did as best as we could but it could be broken by the time we come back so that was that was a little scary also i think that was also when we started doing back-to-back -back sessions and we saw each other like every day for a solid like we saw each other every other day for a solid like weekend and i think i was also losing it at that point and i was like oh my god this is scary <laughs> I love seeing all of you, but this is we're at the scary part of the game. We went from, oh, Foster threw me off a machine, to, oh, Foster actually hates me, to, oh, we have to leave this place, oh, they're pursuing us, everyone is evil, to, oh, now we have to wrap and tie up letters X, to, oh, there's now... A giant spirit pit on a field in a beam of steel. And there's like a lot of lethal people in the city that we're gonna go to. to oh, now we're stuck. Ship is broken. And I was having a breakdown. That was terrifying. Please catch a brain. That, was, that was an oh shit for me as well. Like when. When you all kind of broke. <laughs> you did it! What do you mean it was an oh shit for you? You did that! <laughs> I will say the, the the coin um like say like worst like the worst sinking message that was probably the biggest one for me and then I was just like fuck, fuck. I was like pan I'm off camera the whole time when y'all are recording obviously and I was just like sitting in my chair just like this <laughs> like uh what's going on I just remember doing this really like kind of unhinged giggle mm -hmm. and everyone Mm -hmm. lost it everyone started terrifying. freaking out <laughs> and i was like was it that bad like, no it was good i was on board i understood you were you, you were oh i was like have i have i gone too far are people going to cry <laughs> i mean that that's the what goal? the no, it was right? perfect yeah uh, yeah no i was very how much of that breakdown was alma and how much of that breakdown was me we'll never know <laughs> um <laughs> But it was very, it was very fun to put the group in a precarious position where they had to kind of be in charge. I thought that was great. I agree. Change the dynamic a bit. We needed to, we needed to grow up a little bit without our, our mom friend. And was that right, was that right after or right before Fletcher had their moment of spouting all, I think that was right after when Fletcher stood up to the guard and was like, yeah. <laughs> so Fletcher had like was on that roll already almost. <laughs> oh yeah, there was like that moment in time where Fletcher started gaining sentience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh I'm a person. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I think like the moment Fletcher gained sentience was yeah, when we were trying to distract the guard entering the the machine folks, like the, the multi level marketing scheme guys the the people foster were with i don't remember their name terrara terrara minecraft anyway yeah um, <laughs> yeah i don't 
remember what I said to that guard. I think something, the spirit of Fletcher took over my body in that moment. And I just, I, I don't even know how long that little speech was. That was crazy. That was good. Like, I think, actually. If I'm remembering correctly, I think it was like a minute and a half. <laughs> That's crazy. I love how, like, in character and the actual players, everyone sort of, like, took a step back and was just watching Fletcher, like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was a great guy. moment. Well, I pop off, little guy. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of um, Alma kind of stepping back in that moment um, from uh, her leadership role, um, Oakdead sent me uh, a question for you, Tot. Um the uh that specifically says that Alma's been in their big cis era for a while. Uh so what what do you feel like is her next steps? Oh boy. Um well now she's traveling, you know, with friends. And that's good. And she's not, you know, holding herself responsible for the well being of her family. Um, now she's, like, kind of just doing more stuff for herself rather than for other people. I think she's, like, letting go of a certain amount of control by, you know, still traveling with her friends. Like, at first she was traveling with them out of sort of necessity. Like, she loves her friends, but her ship is her baby, and, like, as soon as she let other people onto her ship, Chandler started fucking with shit. Um, so I think she went through this whole arc of being very controlling over the situation to recognizing that she needs to release a little bit of control or else she's going to lose her mind. Again. She's really passionate about what she does. She, you know, likes the ghost and you know she she thinks it's important what she's doing and she she wouldn't necessarily change her job but i think in her like personal life she's trying to be a little bit less um herself <laughs> We, we we like everything about Alma. Don't, don't be nice yourself. Just, just love she's, Alma. She just needs to relax a little bit, and I think she'll be able to do that now. I think she's in her she's in her like filler arc, you know, where she gets to go to the beach and she gets to go to the sauna like spa thing, and she gets to just relax with her friends, and she doesn't need to worry about saving the world. She can discover, like, fantasy weed or something. It'll be good for her, Yeah, exactly. She can pick up a hobby. Fletcher has an herb for that. Fletcher has a potion for that, for sure. If you're continuing, like, working in in the job that you enjoy, how has the confirmed existence of human ghosts affected uh, your profession? That's a very, very good question. I think, um, eventually... Um, in the effort of the pursuit of knowledge, I think Alma would try to see if she can connect with more human spirits to just kind of learn more. You know, I feel like the 
the big thing that we encountered throughout the season was that nobody knew anything about the humans and everything that we did know about them kind of just came from like oh i'm pretty sure it's like this um and like the the memories and texts that people can or can't read like it was very inaccessible so i think alma would want to kind of get hear it from the horse's mouth for lack of a better better word and help kind of figure out what their history actually looks like from the perspective of human ghosts and maybe you know maybe help them out a little bit because i feel like the human ghosts kind of were not in a great spot i feel like they they're not in as nice of a place as the kith ghosts are because they maybe didn't necessarily receive as much, like, care. Because, you know, the end of the world happened, and there was a big war, and a lot of people died. <laughs> and a lot of people died in battle, um, and they didn't necessarily get, like, proper burials or ceremonies. So I think she would, you know, try to honor their spirits. It's funny that Alma might be the human expert. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is so funny. Come full circle. Opening it back up to everybody, um, was there anything that you that popped up uh, during the story that you felt you would have liked to have spent some more time on, or a place you wanted to spend more time in? I'm I'm still very 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 curious about when we're going to Portmore for the first time. We flee. We we flew um through or on top, above. We flew above um these uh, positions, um these um roiling mass darkness and and fallen robots and and that freaked me out a lot and and I guess that's still there. That's a valid point. <laughs> it's a question for someone in here. Does Harper have an answer? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I honestly, like, kind of do wish in some ways, like, the, the season would have been a little less, like, world-savvy and more just, like, explory. Um, but that's just it, and that's not how it went. Uh, but yeah, I do wish we could have spent some time in the spaces in between. I wish we could have um, spent some time in Middledwell exploring the Mirage. Like, there's there's lots of things. Like, we could have honestly spent, like, our entire season in one of the locations, and that would have been enough. Um, so yeah, there's just still a lot of story out there to tell, world to explore. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll get to do that one day. I would pay real money if I could, like, transfer my life to our little guy's lives in Wander Home and just explore this world that we built together. Because we spent so much time just even building the lastings, and we were there for, like, two episodes, and... I don't know, I, like, 
Like, you know how some people, like, when they get addicted to The Sims, they just kind of live in that world for a few days? Like, I would just love to do that in our Wander Home world. Because um, all of it was so detailed, and I just, I wanted to spend more time everywhere. <laughs> I will say that despite the lack of, like, having the time to really just sit in the spaces, the fact that you guys had that history built and that place built and like the common knowledge and understanding of like where you came from really helps solidify this world is like a real place and you as people actually traveling through it so despite not being able to like fully spend time a lot of time in these places I think that at the end of the day it it really helped lend weight to to the season and the story. The way you just described that, Nishi, it makes me think I could, I would want to play like a Stardew Valley style game, but like even set just in the lastings, like go around and like the little shops and have like your little like, and like kith avatar that you could like get a cape for and things. And ugh. is it just Animal Crossing? Is the game we're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <Animal> <laughs> <Crossing>. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god, it's been Animal oh, Crossing man. the whole time. But Animal oh, Crossing's on an island and not a floating island, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Semantics. Exactly. exactly. That's still different. so close. <laughs> so we need to mod Animal Cl Crossing into the last things. I was gonna say, do we know any game devs who want to create a uh, a game called The Lastings? Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna put that out in the universe. Hey, like, hey anybody. That made me so happy. Oh, also, I wish I read more fortunes. I if because I I made it all up. Reading them was really stressful for me because I was like, oh man, I don't uh, something's gonna happen. Like, I think Chandler literally pulled the card that read death, or like the tea leaves read death, and I was like, oops, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and then Chandler interpreted that as the death of my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good save, good save. I wish we saw more stars, and I wish we all saw us in our nocturnal forms, because we're all, we all played nocturnal characters. It was super funny getting to the moment where you guys realized every single one of your animals was nocturnal, but for like the first few episodes, you thought only... Fletcher was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't adjust as quickly as the others. I think I think they mentioned that. Or Okbo, whoever you are. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> whoever whatever your name is. Yeah, yeah you over there, the cutie pie in the fox outfit. Ugh. Yeah, I wish I wish there was more stars and I wish there was more talks about like the weaver and the star seeker that both had like myths ingrained in both of the things that they did. Um that's me being a mechanic nerd that I wish that, like, I was able to, like, see that side of, like, what the we built. I think also, like, Neu and, and um, Haku had, like, a backstory being, like, we both love the same myth. This is how we bond. And, like, not being able to touch on that. Because uh, Haku was doing some weird adventures with Fletcher off who knows where. <laughs> Playing, like, hot potato with a single brain cell off to the side. And then we lost the brain cell. Calyx really helped. Calyx helped with the brain cell. <laughs> Calyx was like, hey, maybe, maybe we don't do that. <laughs> uh, Tati, do you have anything to add? The only thing that comes to mind is, and obviously, like, I think all of the things that we're saying just comes down to us needing to have, like, 
a bajillion more sessions. Um, but I kind of wish Alma had gotten to have a final scene where she um, goes to see the ghost that disappeared at the beginning of the season. I j- literally just went, I wish we yeah. saw I wish kid we saw again. that. Yeah. Um, I wish we saw that kid again. I just, yeah. I, it just came to mind. And I was like, oh. I'm going to cry. That was such a major thing that happened, like immediately off the bat. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that we didn't get to like see what like all of it was really for, like Alma's like kind of reason for caring about the thing. Haku um had a meeting with their destiny at the end of this season. So you being the next Starkeeper, how do you feel like that is gonna go, I guess? I don't know. I think he's gonna grow into it because they are so all over the place. Um, I was also all over the place in that session because I was so sick. <laughs> I think I was like fighting off of a cold at that point and I was like, did that really happen? Anyways, um, but I think, because, again, like, that last letter that I wrote was from, like, future Haku to, like, future, like, star seekers. Um, so I think he's going to grow into it. I think it's going to be, like, a decade of of them running around and not knowing what they're doing and going, okay, let's take a breath. Let's have a beach episode and in the stars and see what happens. Maybe I can communicate with like other little gods as mentors because it's it's a lot of self-teaching. I will he start a cult? Honestly, it might accidentally happen, and then they're like, oh no, help to friends. Cause cause they saw what it was like to like a cult happening. And I think that's what's gonna happen. That's that's my as long as he keeps his friends, I think he's good. And he's traveling with friends, so that helps him significantly. Except you're not traveling with Fletcher. I know, that one hurts me. (laughs) Why do you have to say it? (laughs) This is mean. Because I need to ask the question. We could go on (laughs) just living in blissful ignorance, you know. Uh, we can Fletcher's we can not... kidnap Fletcher. It's not that hard to kidnap Fletcher. They're very tiny. Well, it's not hard. Like, well, we have to get pocket. past Calix. We have to get past Calix and and Lauren. That's Lauren's actually kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren needs therapy. <laughs> well, yeah. in this in this time away from uh, you know the rest of the letter writing club, how do you think that the relationship dynamic? And I guess this is both for Michi and um, Harper between. Fletcher, Calix, and Lauren kind of evolves um, in this little bit of time. Fletcher is now, like, leading a traveling witch academy, I believe. Um, So Fletcher's still traveling, at least. Um, Maybe purposefully following a specific flight route. (laughs) Um, uh, I think, like, when the lead up or around when like the the little like thruple polycule was being solidified um i think i had predicted that like it's probably not gonna last super long with calyx but it'll be like a very like 
fulfilling relationship that like remains like very positive afterwards and then with Lauren I don't know why I think it's just like a fun toxic end game I can fix him I can I fix know. him I think I think like it's given like their history and like the fact that they're like in the same field I think like lifestyle wise it just makes sense for like Fletcher to have a bit of a life partner with Lauren but I think Calix is like very important <laughs> this is me being super realistic Reno <laughs> realistic talking about our little animal friends uh, exactly exactly um I was firmly team Calix no. <laughs> but it does kind of so make great. sense especially if calyx is like portsmore is like their home obviously harper you can talk more about this from calyx's perspective but what you just mentioned about um lauren and fletcher being in like the same field and having like the same lifestyle i can see like how that would that would lend itself to longevity from that too yeah i kind of felt Especially as wrap, wrapping up with Calix and and Fletcher, that that they would probably be in a relationship, but probably like more like long distance. But anytime they're in the same place, then like just like that relationship is there, you know. Like I feel like Calix was meant to be kind of like a home you know like someone someone to come back to he's a port that they can return to because I, I really feel like calyx does not like the traveling and as much as he loves um fletcher like that's just not his or their life you know what about calyx and lauren i'm always i, I do want to hear just like two two seconds about their dynamic and how that goes, because it seems like they were very chill with each other, but just curious. To yeah, see I feel any. like they would never, like, date, but, like, um, definitely got, I feel like would get to a better place of, like, being supportive. But then also, I think Calix would sort of be very protective of Fletcher and, like, get on to Lauren for X, Y, and Z that his crazy ass does, so. It also always felt... Not that Calyx was necessarily, like, a lot older, but was a lot more mature. Yeah. Yeah. He's the dad. He's he's dad. Calyx is daddy. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing kind of, like, Fletcher, the traveling academy. Every now and again, going to see um, Calyx. And if you have any other kind of, like, Flying is if giving them Jokalix for the throw experiences as part of development, part of the curriculum. I feel like Calix doesn't throw anymore. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Only one. Why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) She's gotta hurt his stomach. Yeah, Tatiana crying with waffles. I feel like Calix eventually like settled, maybe like bought like a sort of like antique oddities shop in Portsmore and just kind of lived a pretty 
or lives a pretty like low key, non throwing life. I support. I enjoy that Fletcher is the glory days of throwing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, is anyone else out there obsessed with dice? Does anyone out there want to join the I have too many dice sets for my own good club? Or is this going to be a party of one? Because I would be the first to tell you that I have a dice problem. But I don't necessarily think that's the worst problem to have. So if you've got the same mindset, QueerPG has a fun little offer for you. If you head over to fanrolldice.com, you can use our code QueerPG10 at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. They've got gemstone dice, my personal favorite. They've got wooden dice, they've got metal dice, and a whole bunch of other designs and accessories to fit all of your dice gremlin needs. So, if you find you're itching for something new to add to your collection, head on over to fanrolldice.com. And remember, QueerPG10, that's Q-U-E-E-R-P-G-10, at checkout to get 10% off. Have fun rolling! Okta. How, uh... How do you think it's changes or evolves your dynamic with Alma now that you guys are kind of traveling full-time together. Since the beginning, they, they both had a bit of a kind of like, dude, we get each other, things need to be done. Um, and now we'll be very careful to continue to kind of like push Alma to let go. So I think they may, I think especially on the first month of training together, they may get a bit, there may be a bit of conflict there. So like, no, not worry about this or let this thing that isn't perfect go. And I think that could be a cause for a little bit of conflict. But after that, I think they could get to a very comfy place where now even learns a little bit more about the ship and 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 they can they can support each other in a more acid way interesting because i feel like when we were uh doing the initial character creation um i think alma and neo were very close uh when they were younger um like i i distinctly remember alma comforting now about like a significant loss in their life um and that being like a huge building block of their um relationship um and i don't know if we kind of got to uh incorporate that uh as much as maybe what we we could have or we should have or whatever um but i think they like the two of them traveling together and you know, Haku traveling together. I think that's kind of how it was meant to be a little bit. I think none of them were, like, particularly content in the Lastings, like, long term. I think Haku needed to leave the Lastings to find the Starkeeper, to achieve, you know their destiny and get a better sense of the stars and the world and how other places, you know, interact with the stars. And I think Neo was in kind of a t- 
toxic relationship <laughs> um, in the lasting. And sometimes you need like a big, big change to break out of old habits. And um, I think, you know, as we were traveling, Neu got to do so much more of the things that they were passionate about. Like the big weaving projects. Like, I don't know if... I don't know if they would have ever been able to do that sort of thing if they had stayed in the lasting long term. Um, and they just can't. Like, I hold Neo so fondly in my hands. Like, doing the weaving so that Alma could see the thoughts more. That, like, it didn't hurt me, but it, like, touched me so, so deep in my soul emotionally. I was, uh, I'm very soft about that still. I I would love to hear more um about just obviously at the very beginning, Neu was not confident in like doing like their weavings and stuff and really like diving into their passions. Like I want to know how far Neu goes now that he has like the freedom to like get different materials from different places that they travel and like. What other sort of big projects do they take on? Like, what are some things that really inspire them now that they're traveling around and seeing more things? I think uh, the next big project after that is for sure um, something a bit more a bit smaller, in a way. So it's a bigger project, but also smaller. Yeah, I think I think the next piece will be a lot more about the daily small lives of Keith in different places. And and if we go with like trying to go like the story of a a date that that no that no saw someone else having or the story of of someone going for groceries in in Middlewell after after the the harvest keeps up again. Um like showing people how tall the towers and tower fell where and all of that stuff just kind of like showing these little pieces these little um laws from from place to place that they travel and like hey you should also travel places are cool that's so fucking cute <laughs> i love that well i guess uh this kind of is jumping back to a broader group question um food was like a continual thing that was brought up throughout the season. Um, it was kind of like a connecting factor, which, you know, I think it is in real life as well. Um, do you guys have any favorite, like, foods that popped up throughout this? Acorn soup. had a feeling that the soup was going to be a big... The soup was going to be big. I need to try that soup. Fletcher's birthday cake. <laughs> I do like the, like, tea shop that we went to that was just, I loved that so, like, if that was real, it probably is, but if it, I would go there immediately and it would be, I would pop, I wouldn't do what Fletcher did, but, like, I, (laughs) that was aggressive. (laughs) It was so funny. Well, I like lots of things. It was just, like, watching, I was like, I would possibly do it. And that at a Froyo place constantly. All the toppings. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I think that was a big one because I'm a tea person. So that sparked joy. One thing that really stuck out to me that I really liked was that we didn't really have like a, a tavern moment and like liquor wasn't really a thing. 
Dream buried. Um, yeah, see, only yeah. time it happened, I think, was the dream buried. Oh, yes, the dream buried. Yeah, yeah, at the very beginning. Was it even leaked Yeah, I feel like a lot of um, queer culture does kind of surround, like, substances and often, like, the unhealthy use of substances. So I guess it would have been nice to show, like, the healthy use of substances, but I don't know, it did feel nice to just, like, have something that wasn't, like, focused on on that um because you tend to like meet in a tavern and go to the tavern and get your jobs from the tavern and, and yeah i don't know i feel like just like not enough queer culture acknowledges sobriety and i don't know that's not necessarily your question but like if there was something that happened so i, I mean i think it also kind of leads into like or uh, mirrors what uh, we were talking about earlier about Neu and like leaving the lastings. And once out of, you know, that environment that they were in, they never spoke about Dreamberries again. You know, like it was once removed from the initial factor and the cause, um, was able to not worry about that anymore all the more evidence that everybody needs to leave their hometown at least once, <laughs> at least once. <laughs> that's like, very true i like, did that and i became gay right immediately after <laughs> it is genuinely very interesting um because because like alma i have traveled a lot and it's always very interesting interacting with people who have never left like our state or like the country and i i totally i completely recognized that like travel is not a necessarily accessible thing but i feel like there's a huge difference between people who can't travel and people who do not travel yeah for like one reason or another um and usually the reason is suspect I, at best i think it's because People understand that if they travel, they will be forced to put themselves in a different yes. environment and have to look at things from a different point of view. And if they are very solid in what they already believe, they don't want anything to threaten that. Yes. And they know subconsciously, like, if I do this, and I might have to do some internal work to figure out some things, and I don't want to do that because it's scary, which is understandable. But, like, at a point, you're just like, if you have the means to and you still refuse to out of fear of either yourself or the world, maybe take a look at why, you know, maybe. It's all about intentions. It's yeah, all exactly. about intentions. Yeah. And even people who do travel, um, some, some people who do travel are very um, intentional with the places that they will and will not go. And I feel like that is so limiting in like giving yourself kind of an actual worldly experience where you know you do get to interact with new people and new cultures and expose yourself to the people that live on this planet that we all live on though i will say right now everybody stay out of france <laughs> don't go to france <laughs> don't go to france right Wait, now what's happening in the france? bed bugs the bed bugs, the bed bugs. <laughs> there, there is, is an bed infestation in france Oh, no. Which is bad, because they have the Olympics coming up next yep. year. Mm -hmm. So No, but then they're going to go everywhere else after that. 
Well, yes. the issue too is people are traveling and like having them and taking them to other places. I just want to fucking break. Just like one more, like just quick anecdote around like how travel can help people. Um, So like my mom, the first time that she traveled out of the country and like went and visited my aunt over in Belgium and everything, she came back and it was like, there was like a weird switch that had flipped. And suddenly she was like someone that I could come out to. And like, so I think travel not just only opens up to things for you, but for the people around you to feel like more comfortable and things like it's just I think travel is cool and I'm really glad Naya was able to like you know expand their horizons and things PSA to all of you if you can take a trip and if you can't find a rich person and befriend them <laughs> and I do what think you that's also plausible you know or marry for money marriage it was originally you know a transaction why not bring it back to our roots it's not Adam and Eve just a better money transaction the the but. person in the relationship is not the transaction yes um, exactly <laughs> let's be clear let's, let's be, be clear, clear. what we we are uh still being bad people by talking about it this way but we're not yeah. that bad of people yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're like the fun kind of bad people <laughs> But even just, like, make friends with people who are not from where you are. Like, we, we have never lived in a more accessible time to meet people that are not from where you live. Like, all of us here, well, most of us here, are in different states, at the very least, different countries, at the very worst. Everyone's a different fucking time zone. We all, like, do different things. We all have different backgrounds that, you know, inform our experiences. Make friends like that. Don't just stick with, you know, your same old, like, Wonder Bread, vanilla, childhood... Yeah, exactly. Don't stick with vanilla. That's what we're saying. Be like Lauren, who likes being tied up. Spicy. Get spicy. Tie me up. Just do it. (laughs) I don't think this is about travel anymore. Oh, I was going to drop a quick anecdote about travel. Uh, But yeah, I didn't start coming out until I moved out of the state that I grew up in. And I didn't realize I was trans until moving like 25 hours away from like family and friends like sometimes we need distance sometimes we need space sometimes we need to be in new places uh and i think this season really showed showed a lot of that how change can can happen in in multiple ways in multiple contexts but most of the time it happens when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone well um i want to throw it out to you guys if you have any burning questions for each other maybe i forgot but what happened with chandler and the crush on hawk also i'm sorry there's a cat in a diaper <laughs> right next to me so. <laughs> did he put the diaper on himself is he supposed to be wearing a diaper well is it is the cat supposed to be there <laughs> like, <laughs> is this your cat is this a cat that this lives here or did it cat. just pop up is a cat that lives with me. She's okay. supposed to be wearing the diaper. She was let out for the morning this morning during this call. 
And now she's walking around with her diaper, and I keep getting distracted. Okay, well, what was the question? Yeah, Chandler. Chandler. The Chandler. Chandler and, and Haku. Crush. Yeah, what's up with that? Ow. I think we handled that in an after show once. It was close to the end. We talked about that, like that was the plan to do like the friends to lovers thing, but ended up feeling like it just wasn't gonna be that. Like it just didn't feel right, you know? Yeah, because it started out as enemies. Because I really wanted enemies to lovers. Because because I got a text from Harper saying, I think it was Haku's boring. We got to get some drama in here or something like that. And I went. Shh, okay, you said drama, do enemies to lovers, and then Chandler ended up on board, and I went, okay, I didn't know it was going to be like that, but okay. Um, So I think what's, I think, I don't think it's going to be like a relationship, but I think it's going to be like enemies to like best, like this is the person that Haku would turn to for like star charts and like understanding the stars, and it's someone that like understands it. But it's also outside of it now that he's not pursuing, like, the... <laughs> I was also going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so um, big! Yeah. <laughs> what was the size of your head, Mishy? The fuck? Nope. Yeah. Nope. No, now you've disappeared <laughs> You're completely. Gone. You're gone. <laughs> okay, sorry. Janine, please continue. But, yeah, so that's... I think that's that's what that relationship is now between the two of them that I, I like... Is there a question? Oh, no. I just wanted to speak after you, like, because okay. I have something to add to that. Raises a paw. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you could do that. That's... Yeah. That's good. Um, Janine, were you done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think with that, like, probably, like, really good colleagues, and maybe I could see Chandler um, being leaned on for, like, art, and, like, maybe like a long-term collaborator with um um Haku as like the starkeeper but like maybe like the starkeeper's artist you know like that helps the starkeeper with the portrayals of different things cuz i think i think where haku started going which is also like a journey that i am personally going through which is like relationships are weird and like feelings are weird and, like, you just keep going with, like, working and working and working and, like, having joy and, like, love in, like, that personal self rather than, like, focusing on everyone else. So it's, like, the parallel that I'm seeing between both of them where it's kind of, like, do we need a relationship at this point where it's, like, we have such a good trajectory and if someone does come along, they can come along, but I'm not, I will try to make space, but it's not, like, I'll do the first move and then that's it. If there's nothing after that, then that's... I threw the ball in the court. I don't have time for this, but I can make time if you're okay with that. That's where, like, I'm seeing both of those, like, things happening with Haku. Especially now that they're this... They don't have time for that. If, if it's needed, then it happens. But, like, they got so many little guys, star seekers, that want to, like, also know more. So, like, those are the kids that I think, like, Haku will, like, put the time and effort into. This is kind of in the same vein... And it's just like a personal curiosity of mine, just based on my experience of with TTRPGs in the past. I thought it was very interesting how all of the kind of romance arcs were between PCs and NPCs, and none of the PCs romanced each other. I think that was pretty, a kind of a unique choice um, that I don't know 
I, I don't think any of us did intentionally. It's, it felt like you guys were, like, too much of old friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it existed in, like, it just seemed so overwhelmingly purely platonic. Like, yes. yeah. It was very, like, familial, um, almost. But I just thought family. that was kind of an interesting, like, oh, yeah. Especially considering how much Janine and Mishi flirt. <laughs> okay, just call yeah, them out like that on me. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. I, don't, I literally don't know what you're talking about. What? Who is Janine? Who is Mishi? <laughs> um, well, I also think, I don't know if this is how any of you feel personally, but I found recently, and ga- being in games and, and running games, um, that it's uh, it's like a comfortability level. People are a lot more comfortable um, flirting and romancing the person running the game than they are the people they're playing with. Because I think there's like a factor, like there is a little bit, like we all want to say that we're like all a group and we're all, but there's a little bit of like a wall between the players and a person running a game. And I think there's sometimes more comfortability in that than there is with the person right next to you type of situation. Yeah, with the player characters, you you still are kind of like flirting with that person, whereas I I do feel like there is more of like, well, the GM or the guide or the DM, like, they're like every NPC, so they're not as like attached to that character. It is funny that, yeah, Janine and I flirt in real life, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're turning beet red <laughs> you called yourself out that time so yeah <laughs> it's because janine's coming to new york like literally this week anyway but it is funny because like fletcher and haku like never in a million years like they chose not to sleep in the same bed because they would have like kicked each other in the face yes <laughs> and like even though they were this like buddy duo of being really bad at everything they do together like it just never seemed like they would end up together. Because, like, I don't have a problem flirting with Jamie. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Flirting so small. <laughs> should we leave? I'm like, this is why we let Yeah, should we go? Yeah, like, do you guys know what we can go. Oh, is this why we, is this, is this why we give keys to Janine? Yeah, this is why we give, yes. this is actually the agenda. Why yeah. giving keys to Janine. Just, just so we can flirt with <laughs> Listen, the monster hearts one shot that none of the rest of chat saw was immense and great <laughs> it was great we all just got to flirt with different fonts of <laughs> i will say so it, along those lines like whenever i am like gming i've only ever had one like game like 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 a like group of people where like the pcs flirted with each other instead of with me and for some reason, it's like the two quote unquote straight dudes in my group. And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting, you know? So I'll keep you guys updated on that. I I share that experience. Um, like on my main group that we play, we've played for about seven years. Specifically the ones who flirt are the two straight guys. Do they think it's because it's like safe? You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Like, they, I can't probably... catch feelings with my bro because we're both straight, huh? Unless. But also, also, one <laughs> of our characters hold hands. TTRPGs are always a venue for like self exploration, so it literally could be like, you know, while we make fun of it, it actually is like a real thing. Where if somebody is too afraid to do something in their real life, this gives them the uh, 
you know, a, a something to hide behind um, in order to explore something they don't want to say out loud. So while we are giving them a little shit, it's also a, a perfectly normal and acceptable thing to to do. I mean, I've definitely had the experience and I, I pray that none of you have had this experience where like um, I was playing with a group and my character and another player's character um, had like good chemistry and they started romancing each other. And then the player <laughs> kind of... Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, kind of boundaries, everyone. It was it's, bad. It was it's called really showmances. Bad. It's called it was, a showmance. It was so bad <laughs> to the point where I had to be like, okay, our characters cannot be romancing each other anymore because of your feelings yeah. for me. Mm, so damn. I, I maybe we give them a little. <laughs> <laughs> we give them a little shit. TTRPGs I, are great to explore a variety of things, but maybe yeah, there are still boundaries. Everything. Oh, there yeah. are still boundaries. Yeah, yeah. But Definitely. like TTRPGs are how I found out that I was not cis. You know what I mean? Like I, as like a jokey Same. joke, I was like, I'm gonna play a character that uses they them pronouns. Same. And then I was like, wait a second. I think I've said <laughs> this like a million times, yeah. but every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, thanks, Army the Immortal. Appreciate it, dude. Ugh. Wait, that was that? That was it. That, that was that. No, that oh was Oh my god, that was so the, the first D&D game I ever played in with Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was like it lasted for like years. We still technically have like a session or two left. I don't know what We technically do. It's never going to happen. But like yeah, army cuz I I I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to like play as like a non-binary chaos gnome." Let's I see literally how this goes. think that at that time I just figured that you used the I didn't literally know. When we started, I, I didn't fucking know, dude. <laughs> That's it took like months, it. and then I was like, "Hold on, yeah, <laughs> wait wow. a second. That's so funny. I never knew that. Same for me, honestly. I think there's a fine line between um, exploring and like cultural appropriation, kind of like, uh, kind of like exploiting um, an othered identity, which I think can be problematic." Uh, but it's just, I mean, I think it's, it could, it's anything where it could be done a wrong way. You know, like I've seen it done a wrong way before and I've had to like call it out and be like, no, we're not gonna, you're not gonna be a flamboyant gay because you're not a flamboyant gay. Like, it's like, it's a challenge for sure. I've never seen somebody play a lesbian better than Brennan Lee Mulligan in Fantasy High. Okay, Brennan, <laughs> Brennan Lee Mulligan is an outlier and should not be He's counted. allowed to do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, I think that's an example of how it can be done, like, tastefully oh, yes, and respectfully. Yes, yes. It's about intention no. and also, like, if you're given feedback by the people in that community, listening. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, intention and willingness to, like, adjust your approach if... It's if also be, like I if these things happen at a table, like at your home game, then it kind of is up to you as the person running the game, or even if you're a player at that table that just notices something to bring it up. Because like, I don't, I, I had a conversation with somebody I played with once where it was, they wanted to use different pronouns than what they went by. And I had to be like, I need to, I need you to give me why, like, why do you want to do this? And the response was because I would like to explore what my relationship to gender. And I was like, great. But because you have never done that before, 
all of these things that you have written in this backstory, we're not doing it. This is, like, you are perpetuating, like, the trauma of this rather than actually exploring that for yourself. Like, some people also just don't know that they're doing yeah, the thing. Exactly. Oh, so yeah, exactly. So being able to, like, say that to somebody is, um, is, is necessary to create, like, the actual, uh, you know, ex- exploration uh, side of things. Yeah. Well, I got one question to kind of sign us out here. Um, we've talked a little bit about it uh, throughout this wrap-up, but, and it's vague, so you can take it however you want. If you want to take it um, as, like, characters or as, as people or as a group, but what do you feel was the biggest takeaway uh, from the experience of playing of Kith and Pen together and in filming season two for us. Yes, it was a really short season. And I think the thing that like I missed, but we also got to see was just enjoying the journey and like taking those like we didn't do it until like the end and like taking those moments of rest and like seeing like the outside world and like describing the world. That was something that was really cool to have in this game because it is a big mechanic of Wanderhome and you don't get to see that a lot in like D&D or like some Powered by the Apocalypse games this was like this is intentionally looking at the environment and like that was like really heartwarming because also we got to see moments between like characters that was very that made me cry in like the good happy feeling ways and not like ouch it hurts um and also implementing the letters uh, that was really therapeutic being able to like write those letters in character and also having like a revamp and also hearing everyone else's thoughts because it's you don't get to hear the thoughts as much in character you get to hear it outside of character all of that yeah and more um i also think it was cool to just queerness just is in this world queerness is just some it it just is it's a thing that is just allowed to be um like none of we went through a lot we had a lot of problems we did so much but like none of it had to do with our characters like gender identities or sexualities or the way that we chose to love each other that those things just were and i think that was really beautiful and kind of um not something that we get to see very much in queer media a lot of queer media just kind of by virtue of being set in like modern times or like on a pirate ship um you're going to encounter <laughs> that was so specific everybody knows what it is <laughs> and we all knew about? it i think we know <laughs> what you're talking about you're going to encounter stuff um and that's fine and that's you know kind of something that you expect as like a queer person watching any sort of queer media is like ah oh, yeah there's gonna be at least one scene where this character has like a breakdown about liking the same sex and that's fine but we didn't have that and i liked that i think i think you know queerness is no less the default than you know a heteronormative society it it doesn't always need to be like the focal point of the story 
But at the same time, it was a focal point of our story, but it wasn't the trauma of it. Focal point in the sense that, like, we were just telling a queer story, but, like, yes. the story wasn't about being queer. Yes. And, and it wasn't I based think that queer is, trauma. That yes. is kind of, like, what Ashley and I, starting this, wanted to be able to do, was to tell a plethora of queer stories, because there are so many that exist out there that people just, like don't get to see because it's all about love or romance or sex type of thing a lot of the times or the trauma of everything instead of just like some queer people uh drinking some tea you know <laughs> like i was gonna say something really similar but like taught you got it um of just like yeah it was so easy to be queer um and i think like with playing wander home specifically i think because it's so like focused on the journey and we're just being these characters i think it like helped me explore like what it means to like just be in the character and like explore these relationships with the other characters a lot because i i think like mm. oh my god where's my voice going goodbye voice um <laughs> the character is like the building of relationships we did was so powerful to me like and we did have like a lot of prep sessions but like once we actually started playing together and like exploring those dynamics it was just so fun in ways that like I don't think I've experienced with other TTRPGs where there's like a goal and you have to like do this or that but because the stakes of like achieving the goals in Wander Home felt so not necessarily like lower but it felt more relaxed in a way that like we could spend some time just getting self not self-serve tea um but like froyo tea essentially or like we could spend extra time like doing all these silly things making soup um and so i think that was just really nice because i think the bonding was a lot stronger um for this experience and i i love you all i'm so soft for you all i think just from like on the production side seeing not just the difference between like season one season two and now a little bit of how season three is going to shake out um very excited um but just kind of what uh you mentioned kenzie just like the different kinds of stories how there are so many different queer stories that can be told and how like it can there's just like such an untapped vein of queer, not just like queer, but like queer centered stories, like ones where it's like it's made and done by people who understand not just the struggles, but also the joys. And so being able to highlight the joys that we experience and like showing like, you know, like all like the, the different ranges of emotions that come along with being part of this community because it is a community. And I think every time like we make a show like this, there's like another little mini pocket in that community that gets made like um with like the cast and the listeners and everything and it's just very very heartwarming to see um how this is affecting like people and like people are enjoying the stories it's, it just makes my heart happy i think that was my main takeaway i like it very good i think to me the main takeaway of not only i think a big a big takeaway for me um is the, the 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 actually I can do whatever 
don't want to do just like big little gay. The first kind of like big creative thing I do, um, especially anything recorded at all. I I had yeah, the first sessions I recorded with my phone like a loser. Hey, um, no, no, no! I, I asked like, you to do that. That's not yeah. on you. I asked you. I, I think I, I thought it's funny that so, in some um, after show, but like um, Michi, when when I was like, I don't know how to speak into a microphone. Can you help me find the voice? And you. You had like a, a good bunch of one of your afternoons just like walking me through this pitch, this clarity, this is resonance, this is how you go from one to the other. And I was like, this is the. And then as the sessions went on, I was listening, oh, these are the levels in your microphone. This is how you use audacity. And it was just like queer people teaching other queer people how to be successful in things that they want to do. We can't keep gatekeeping the space, you know? Yeah. That's so beautiful. For me, this season has been a lot. Uh, when we started this process, like even um, when I tried to like, audition for my role as like guide, like, I wasn't out. I was only out to like my partner and a couple of folks and I was living a very like unhappy, very unfulfilled life. And honestly, this, so this, this season working with you all and uh, it's just number one, just like filled me with confidence to, to be myself and to stop living a very small kind of life that other people wanted for me and so yeah like through this this process like i i truly became myself in a lot of ways and yeah i started like hrt while while through this and probably wouldn't have started hrt um yeah this this show has like really been been life-changing for me in a lot of ways and yeah, I I don't know what's next for me because of this, but like it just has like really shaped me in a lot of ways. Like just seeing you all and like getting to know your characters and just seeing like the the character growth in in your characters and honestly being able to like latch on to Calix myself and have a lot of like Calix's story be my story which was really cool uh but yeah I just love you all I I love this this group this podcast the the people we get to tell stories to and with and yeah I I'm excited for whatever's next for for all of us. So no, I I remember when you put like when like you were first like, hey, how does Harper Sage sound? And we were all like, yes. Like I remember that moment in uh -huh. the group chat, and I'm just, yeah sobbing. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, because I I picked my new name like around the time we started recording. I did have to go back and redo my um my intro. Because I did record, record it f uh, under my 
I guess I was using my I don't know what name I was using then for the podcast, but it wasn't it wasn't what I was using what I'm using now. Um but yeah, this is this podcast is awesome. Um well, I want to just thank you all for coming on this journey with us as queer PG um and it's been wonderful getting to know and to meet all of you throughout these last many months. Um and for everybody who is listening, thank you guys so much for being our fans and our audience. We hope that you enjoyed our wander home journey in Of Kith and Pen. And until next time, everyone. Don't forget to ride. Don't forget to ride. Don't forget to ride. We did it. I'm glad it ended just as badly as it has always been. Yay. <laughs> Consistency. We are nothing if not consistent. <laughs>